Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of Codeside Story. Today we're going to be talking about we're going to be doing an episode uh, where we're going to be taking a look at some underappreciated veterans in the NBA. And these are guys who we think are extremely talented and extremely impactful and have been throughout their NBA careers, uh, but for some reason or the other don't get the kind of reputation and respect that they deserve from the NBA fans and NBA community. Uh, today, the player that we're going to be looking at is Chris Paul, and this is a guy who's sort of like a Haley's Comet in basketball. In terms of, we've only seen a handful of guys of his talent and his like height dominate the way they have in the NBA. And like the reason why we think like he's gone underappreciated is because he's a player who's so impactful, but he's going to go home. He's going to retire from the NBA without the accolades to show for it, right? He's going to go home with like empty hands. He's, I mean, throughout his career, he's never reached the NBA Finals. He's never won something like the MVP or, like, I think uh, the most recognition he's really got is an All NBA First Team. And like, I think all of us agree that he is definitely a better player than what we've seen. Definitely, I think he's criminal. Made only one Conference Finals in his career. I think like Paul's. Paul's like done well. Like he's been one of the most consistent players across two decades, and like a lot of the players in the league acknowledge that. Like he gets the kind of respect that you earn among your peers and contemporaries when you play like that. But it's just that, like I think, circumstantially, he's been like a little fucked over. Like a lot of the times, things don't pan out the way they should to enable him to succeed, even when he's I, playing at his highest level. I think that Paul's biggest like disadvantage or like you know lack of luck. Okay, was that he remained a pure PG, which was the form you know PGs took um, earlier in the game, all right, and during like the nineties, early two thousands, even eighties. Okay, uh, and he 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 kept that form while the game around him changed, and you know PGs became not just like playmakers, floor generals, but they also became in a lot of cases the primary scoring option. Okay, like if you see like a bunch of them like. Steph Curry, uh, Russell Westbrook. Even if they're not they're primary not. scoring options, they were all like they all became like you know mass like huge scorers. You know, uh, Harden. If you want to call him a PG, then there's um, Dame. There's a lot of them. Uh, Dame. Yeah. There's like John Wall. However you go about it, right? Because like these people all became like. Scoring PGs while also being floor generals, maybe not as effective as Chris Paul in terms of playmaking, but still the ability to do it is still there. Um, Chris Paul has started to be overlooked by our generation, okay, because he's not able to like he doesn't score at that volume. I think like while like like while like our generation looks at him like that, I don't think like it's completely because he stayed as a pure PG. I think I think definitely that's a reason why we overlook him. But I don't think that's a re- that's a reason why he's not been effective in the NBA. But also like yeah. I think like if you watch if you guys watch today's Lakers Suns game, right? Which you guys like all of you really wanted this damn Suns to win. Like while I'm a Lakers fan, obviously <laughs> I wanted Lakers to win. But it was a perfect microcosm of PG's like sorry of Chris Paul's career, right? It, it's the guy has like took taken a team. Like taken a good team like to great heights, right? He's taken and like he's shown incredible leadership. They won like a bunch of games, been like second in the conference and all. And now first round he's gotten injured again, right? Yeah. It's like I, yeah. Hmm. I think that's been pretty much the story of his entire career. I mean, at least with the since with with the Clippers as well, 
they were always like one of everybody would think they'd be the contenders that season but come yeah. playoffs time somebody gets injured and like even though chris paul still performing at the same level they're not able to get wins in the playoffs and people often right. like say uh, it's chris paul's fault yeah like i think that uh, the the pure pg's point like holds some merit in the sense that like so at least in the last couple of decades or so i can't think of any pure point guard who's won mvp other than steve nash and like mm. a lot of people shit on that also a lot of people claim he didn't deserve the mvp and stuff like that and like the only other pg who like played pure point who actually won that i can think of is magic and i wouldn't call magic pure point because like that was some other shit like magic <laughs> could score he could do a lot of stuff right and, nine, and like he threw the flashiest mm. times ever yeah you need to find the game and stuff so like i think that also set paul back like amun said like in the sense that because he didn't adapt to the way the game has changed today right because of that like a lot of people don't recognize his mvp caliber performances you know so the thing is in my opinion right basketball has always like in the game of basketball scoring has always been given like like we we can talk about this like in a different like setting also but i think scoring has always been given like the most priority or the rather the most recognition okay like i don't necessarily think is right but nonetheless this mm-hmm. is this is the case okay that's why like a lot of people you know when nash won his mvps were just like yo what the fuck this man's averaging like fuck i don't know 18 points or something all right and uh while i don't know kobe was averaging 35 okay yeah uh but that's i think that's the point like there is more to the game than just scoring and chris paul meets all of those criteria Okay, that's like when they're even playmaking, oh, defense, steals. Man's a four-time, four-time assist champion and three-time steal champion, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I also think Paul is likely the greatest scorer as a pure point guard. Like out of all the pure point guards I can think of, like you look at John Stockton, you look at Steve Nash. I think Chris Paul's you, scoring you, acumen you, also exceeds those. You consider there. Isaiah Thomas, early Isaiah Thomas, the scoring point. He's guard. not a pure point guard, dude. Isaiah Thomas used to take over, like, dude. Isaiah Thomas was their guy in the clutch and all. They threw it straight to him. So if you, you look know, at like Chris pure, Paul is like that. Chris Paul pure is pure. like that, but Chris Paul, yeah, but Chris Paul is like more of a pure PG. Like in fact, like that's an interesting point. Like people like Chris Paul, Isaiah Thomas, right? Even though they look to play pass first basketball, at any point they can like switch up and take over the game. And I think like that's what contributes to the greatness of somebody like Paul. The fact yeah. that like so we've talked about how like you know outside of his scoring he needs. with like all the requisites in terms of playmaking defense all that but even as a scorer dude like in his new orleans days right paul would like mm. put up great numbers he was also a constant triple double uh, triple double threat which doesn't really get recognized and he's come close to having quadruple uh, doubles with steals and stuff so like he's done a lot of these crazy things that go under the radar just because of the way he embraces his role Yeah, Bro, and like I mean, even so late in his career, we've seen him take over in the fourth quarter. Like even now with the Suns, when they really need him, even though they have players like Booker, he still comes in the fourth quarter, makes those difficult shots, brings them back into the game, or just pulls away with the lead. And yeah, yeah, it's pretty insane considering how everybody thinks he he makes the plays and stuff like that. Like when I was doing research for this video, there were two points like that just moved me to tears. Right, one when I thought about like Chris Paul's career, and the other was when I thought about what it must be like to be a Clippers fan. Like, is just damn sad, bro. Like they they were so they were ready to take over to be dominant in the early part of the decade, but there were so many things that just 
destroy their chances and destroy their hopes. Yeah. Dude, I mean, Chris Paul was the first uh, Clipper to be named All NBA since the franchise moved to LA. Like, yeah. since then they've had one. Like the first dude to be named was in like 2008 when Chris Paul made it, so, or like before that if he did. But yeah, like I think that itself shows like yeah, yeah, 2007. Like, and that's how screwed that franchise was until like uh, Chris Paul like actually showed. No, wait, 2007 was the Hornets. I mean, once he made it as a Clippers, Clippers and 11. 11, yeah, yeah, 11. So and and like the crazy thing is in his debut season as a Clipper, also they had an insane year. Like that was one of the best years the franchise had ever had, and I know they couldn't capitalize on playoff success, but I like don't think that takes away from how well Paul performed. Yeah. No, okay. Exactly. Okay. Like, okay. Okay, okay. All right. All right. No. 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 But like, uh-huh. okay. Uh, again, to play devil's advocate, right? But um, you guys say that it's not necessarily Paul's fault, bro. But like, the truth is, whenever a team fucks up in the playoff series, right? Sure, it may be somebody's fault. Somebody may have not stepped up. So. All of this, right? But like, who does the like burden of the blame go to, bro? I'll give you an example. It it always goes to the the leaders, okay? Like the top don't, two, three players. No, I, I'm not giving that example, bro. <laughs> I was gonna give the example of a Clipper example, Kawhi, bro. Okay, mm-hmm. like, dude, if you look last year when they blew the three-one lead, right? Kawhi played game four and five damn well. No, no, no. Game four they won anyway. Sorry, game five and six he played damn well. Right, but like you know, there was a PG was just breaking everything and all. You know, backboard, uh, fucking George and all. Compared to PG, Kawhi gets nothing but love. No, no, no. I've not seen Kawhi get any. Yeah. No, no, but dude, that doesn't matter. You know, once, once, once they lost, right? They got all the hate. Kawhi dropped forty-one that day. Okay, he's still getting abuse, saying, "Oh, bro, this man he can't guard Luca and all." As if there's anybody on the in the league who can guard Luca, Luca well, bro. Okay. But you like my point is the like that that responsibility comes with being a superstar, bro. The moment you're a superstar, you you shoulder that burden. Okay. So, like, I think like, like most of the times, Chris Paul is not one. It's not been his like it's not it's been circumstances out of his damn control. I can think of one series that like you're also like uh, like that you also have in your mind where like people say that Chris Paul fucked up, right? And that's the 2014 OKC series where uh, like they they were playing the young OKC uh, team that went to the Finals that year, and Chris Paul, they had a chance to put them away, right? I think they were tied at two, and uh, gave, like they had a chance to beat them in OKC and go back to LA with a three-two advantage, right? And uh, like they were up by seven points, I think, uh, at that moment. But like some a series of like very improbable things happened. Like, not improbable. KD scored. Then like they had a really dumb turnover. I think Chris Paul turned it over, and like uh, then uh, I think uh, Westbrook took a three, and he. Had one of the worst breaks I've ever seen in my life. Like it didn't hit the rim; it hit the backboard. It went the opposite direction, but a foul was called on Paul, right? And mm-hmm. Westbrook like got to shoot three free throws. And uh, then after that, like he tried to take like the game-winning shot, but and like people say he was fouled and all, but like in the end, the call, it wasn't called, right? And he they lost that they lost that game, and that went on to be the like the like the demoralizing thing that like affected their series. Right, so this is one black spot in Chris Paul's career that I think maybe okay, that's also contentious because there were like a lot of shitty calls at that time. But otherwise, in his other playoff like uh, runs, there have been like it's either injuries or highly improbable things happening, right? That have really derailed his or playoff. Or just facing ridiculously okay, difficult second. teams. So, bro, like, okay, 
this OKC is like one of the playoff series. Okay, I agree. All right, but like again, this argument can entirely be made that the OKC team was very much on the same level as that Clippers team. Okay, I don't think OKC was like the better team. All right, firstly, secondly, uh, uh, so like you know, it's not like it's not like the Clippers or Chris Paul were facing like a better team. Okay, yes, they had like they had MVP KD. Okay, but like that was Westbrook's worst year. Like literally, since his rookie years, that was his worst year. All right. So anyway, or putting all of that aside, bro, there's another example, bro, which I think like is very distinct. The next year, this was 2014 playoffs, right? The next year, in 2015 playoffs, the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead, bro, to Harden's uh, Rockets. Like that's like that was another time, bro. Chris Paul was like, you know, like but like, see, I don't know, bro. I noticed this like when I was watching the replays of the game, bro. The Chris, the Chris Paul which came out in the first four games was very different from the Chris Paul which like I'm not saying it's his fault, okay? Like. It was just like the observation I made. It was very different from the Chris Paul which came out in the last three games. Okay, like Chris Paul in the first four games was playing like the way he normally does. Okay, so which is what dropping around between fifteen to twenty points, having bare dimes, uh, defend prime defend elite defending Minimal and all of that turnovers. stuff. Okay, minimal turnovers. But in the la- next three games, bro, Chris Paul was he scored was- there, bro. He scored some. I think 20, he did get injured. He did get injured. I'm not wrong. He was not. Dude, injured. he got injured through multiple games and played through. Like even though he showed up as played, he was playing through injury a lot of these games. And like there are also series where he had to sit by virtue of like injury. And like there there was even a series where both him and Griffin were out. So naturally, like the Clippers took the L. And I think like in this larger one, they than that, the problems. Yeah, yeah, I get it. See, look, every superstar has black marks. Kobe blew a three-one against Phoenix. Okay, like I'm not saying Paul is not to blame at all. I'm saying this doesn't take away from his greatness to me because, for instance, in his like early New Orleans years, okay, like Paul led these guys to good seeding, second seed and stuff, led them to playoffs, and then like they'd play San Antonio in the first round, get fucked by Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, the likes, <laughs> go home, understandable. Then they'd come back next year, kill it, first or second seed, ace it, go up against Kobe. MVP Kobe, Pau Gasol, get fucked, go back home. Okay, then they'd again come back, like work their ass off, get it. And what we could call their easiest matchup is probably that OKC team, bro. Like, and that's really sad because that OKC team was pretty tough. Like they had KD, they had like you know, like they had a prime KD, they had Westbrook. Even and by the way, Westbrook in his worst year, which it was, I agree, was still averaging more points than Blake Griffin. Because like, and that's the thing. Like a lot of people don't understand how little help Paul has had in a lot of ways. I feel. Like someone like Griffin is like very acclaimed because yeah he can throw down the lob he can do windmill jams he can posterize people but none of that necessarily translates to winning like can you trust Griffin at the free throw line in the end of the game can you trust him to take a big shot like and a lot of these things let them down and in these kinds of moments I think like there was a lot of pressure on Paul and sometimes he showed up sometimes he didn't I'm not gonna say he was like always there or anything but I think nonetheless. The point that he took these teams to, the extent he elevated them to, is like pretty goated. It's like one of the highest impacts a player's ever had. Okay, so like uh, another thing that often gets overlooked about Paul is the fact that even the accolades that he does have get overlooked in a lot of ways. Like you don't often hear people talk about how good Paul is on the defensive end, even though he has nine all defensive appearances. He's got six steel championships, which is an NBA record. Like and. I mean, he's also, if I'm not wrong, he has the record for most consecutive games with at least one steal, and that's also a crazy record. I have to bring it every single game on the defensive end. 
So like Chris Paul's done a lot of cool shit like that. He also has an All-Star Game MVP, which is like again not obviously a very high award, but like I think it completes rounds up your career. Which year? Which year was the All-Star Game MVP? Uh, the year Drew was an All-Star. I remember because I saw this like like this is a crazy yeah. game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's he had like twenty points and fifteen assists. Paul was crazy, and I think even Kobe played in that. You had D Wade. You had like a lot of really good stars showing up, and uh, yeah, basically uh, a lot of these achievements get overlooked again because like people don't think Paul is as good as he is, and uh, he no, was also no, like, all I rookie think, team rookie of the year. So I think I think Paul's resume, okay, it's a lot more like you know like. Just now, we were comparing to another, like for example, another like great PG of um of the two thousands, which was Steve Nash. Okay, he has two consecutive MVPs and all, but like Paul's resume, if you look at it, is a lot more impressive than Steve Nash's because Steve Nash is like, like defensively, obviously, because he's six time champ, he's a he's like nine all defensive teams, but Paul also has like eleven all NBA teams, while Nash has only like seven. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and the thing is, it's damn sad because if you like, just from the surface level, a lot of people will put Steve Nash over Chris Paul just because of that, like just because of the fact that he has like those two MVPs, yeah. and like, uh, bro, like I think, uh, I mean, bro, I think this when when he when he didn't win MVP over Kobe, you were telling me two thousand seven eight, two thousand seven eight. That was the, so, like I don't know. You guys agree, huh? No, no. So, so like, firstly, I'd like to say okay. Like Chris Paul's, so I'd say two closest chances Chris Paul had to MVP. Okay, uh, which I think, like for the record, when they released the NBA finalists, MVP finalists this year, I think they snubbed the fuck out of Chris Paul. He should have been there instead of Steph Curry. Okay, because like, yeah, bro, what the fuck? Getting back to it, like two thousand seven eight was probably the sec- mo- the closest he's been to an MVP. Okay, but I don't necessarily like. Like if somebody like okay, I if you say he had an MVP caliber season, without a doubt, hundred percent. Okay, but did he deserve MVP over Kobe? Bro, it's contentious at best. In my opinion, no, he didn't deserve it over Kobe. No, wait, uh, no, no, Aru, okay, Aru, Aru, you you were the one who sent those like crazy stats on the group. Uh, like, uh, the like he basically what was it? I don't remember. So there are a bunch of like these advanced stats, like uh, offensive win shares, defensive win shares, then stuff like that, which he was better than Kobe in. But like even other than that, like his normal stats, he was averaging around 21 points that season, almost 12 assists, steals, almost three steals, and only 2.5 turnovers. And he had a very similar record to Kobe in standings as well to the Lakers that year in standings. And there was a one game difference. Yeah. One game difference. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, I mean, I know Kobe was snubbed before, so he probably had to get it sometime. But he probably had, like, Chris Paul had a very good case for MVP that season. No, again, that's true. That's true. I, I again, I absolutely agree. Like, it's a brilliant MVP campaign for sure. Okay, but see, to say to say that Chris Paul hasn't won MVP, and I know that's one of the reasons he's underrated, bro. I don't think Chris Paul has had in like a proper MVP season, bro. Like you know, again, like I said, the closest he's been to MVP. See this. Is- see, I feel here one second. I feel here again. We're falling victim to something you yourself talked about in the beginning of this podcast. The kind of like a viewpoint that we our generation has when it comes to scoring PGs and like impact of pass first PGs. Like a lot of these teams, as like that Chris Paul has been on, would not be even close to how good they were if Chris Paul were not on them. Blake Griffin, man, could run, jump, and dunk. 
right which is what like harden accused yanis of like only doing last year right chris paul basically made that man and deandre jordan's career highlight mixes okay so like uh, the fact that like we overlook this because like he didn't do something and he did and he did do insane things that year right i think like firstly chris paul has been on uh, like top 6 or top 5 of all of like mvp voting lists for six times this decade right which is like which is very insane right he's been like in, in the top 6 players of people's minds like for six years uh, like in a decade where you have an insane number of pgs who are very flashy etc but like also he's like he he's insane in terms of efficiency uh, in in terms of playmaking and like his assist to turnover ratio which i think aren't stats statistics that people like hold a lot of uh, like give a lot of credit to when they are making their mvp uh, picks You know, yeah, that, I think that's that's true, but like also like amount to like add like I think that see while you said CP3 hasn't necessarily had that kind of an MVP season, I would also say Steve Nash hasn't. The problem is the narrative that accompanies these things, and people just made it to look like you know Steve Nash is leading the most efficient offense in the league, as if to say CP3 isn't doing all those things. Like I think like the problem is that the NBA is nitpicking of these narratives. has resulted in cp3 getting less respect than he deserves at least from like popular perspective and i think that started to change a little last year when like he carried like a bunch of children on okc like i mean dude okc's average age was less than some college teams as i was seeing this i think the that was this year that was college. this year that was this year though Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the sub because CP3 was the reason last year that it wasn't the case because he was bringing up the whole average age. No, I mean <laughs> there were there were a lot there were a lot of older players, bro. There was Gallinari, there was Shooter. Are you of course? Yeah, I was kidding. There was uh, Stephen Adams. The point is that yeah, no, the, he's he joined this year. The point yeah. is that like nonetheless, CP3 carried what was like a team that had like what a point one percent of making the playoffs. He took them there and like. they came close they had like a seven game series against a team that had two superstars right and most people if you ask them today would not say cp3 is as good as harden or westbrook right and that's the problem that we're trying to highlight which i feel that like cp3 does not get the respect he deserves just because he approaches the game in a different way than other guys who impact it and like one more thing is that he's done this throughout his career it wasn't just an okc when he got drafted into new orleans he got them to the playoffs I think within a year after he got drafted, after that he went mm. to Clippers. As soon as he went to Clippers, they were considered contenders. He got DeAndre Jordan into an All NBA first team. He made a rookie, a Blake Griffin, into such a good player. After that, he went to Houston, where again he was considered the missing piece. He led them to the best franchise record, sixty-five games. That's exactly. a franchise record. And after that, OKC. Then this year in the Suns, the only notable addition in offseason was Chris Paul. And from last year, where they just missed the playoffs to having the second best record in the West, it clearly shows the impact which he has on teams throughout his career. Not just now that he's like a veteran or he's old. Yeah. Okay. Oh. And it's damn impressive. One second. It's damn impressive the fact that like his game has changed over the years, like a little, like uh, a, a, to a fair bit. Because when you look at him younger years, when he was with New Orleans, he was very like he was. I'd say he's as like, fast as Dennis Schroeder was now, while being a better shooter and like more explosive. Right, like he was quite athletic for a six-one guy, and uh, like then later on with his injuries, he had to develop into like a much. Like I'd say, a better shooter. Like he was obviously like a good shooter throughout, but he had to develop into a better one. And now, like instead of like just using his speed to like run the fast break or anything, he has to make a lot more technical plays and like very uh, high IQ decisions in order to be effective. And like uh, recently, like another thing, 
he became i think during his tenure with the rockets he became, he turned vegetarian or vegan or something he, yeah, he made a huge yeah. change yeah yeah he made a huge change to his diet just because he was like he, he needed to be like uh, to maintain his like uh, reputation as a high level player he had to make a lot of changes to his like training and regimen and i think that's damn impressive like the guy is like, like people talk about lebron's longevity but chris paul's just a just as good a case for longevity yeah, as well that's what I mean, that's okay, true. I, I think in addition or uh, one thing before yes. we like sort of move on and lose the plot here i wanted to add that chris paul this year had like from the floor he shot 49.9% from deep he shot 39.5% and from the free throw line he shot 93% leading the league and that's hideously close to 50 40 90 so just like his whole career he's once again so close nobody will ever say oh chris paul basically had a 50 40 90 which he did this year but just like every other year he just comes so like that 5% short of it and that's Mother what's been something that he had a 50 40 30 like 50 exactly. 40 90 game this year like, but chris paul doesn't i mean just okay so so firstly bro i i adding on to what krishna said okay i think like that's the perfect transition because I think the most important aspect of Chris Paul's game is his efficiency and not just in terms of scoring bro like we even spoke about turnover efficiency okay he had he has I think like like you guys said he has the lowest assist to turnover ratio okay like LeBron James's assist to turnover ratio is uh, about 2 point something for his career 2.6 or something okay Chris Paul's on the other hand is uh it's it's so much lower bro he's only averaged uh, av- he's only averaged 2.4 turnovers and his career average for assists is 9.4 so imagine that's like beyond 4 okay and yet like i'm just giving you an example okay like la- narratives around lebron say he's one of the greatest playmakers in the like that like, people put lebron on the same level as magic okay in terms of playmaking but leave chris paul out of this discussion which i think is super unfair okay so not only is he scoring he's also had like multiple seasons close to 50 40 90s bro okay but it's not just this one okay that's why for example i think that chris paul deserves this nba mvp finalist much more than steph curry bro not only did he have like such spectacular season again uh, and he took this uh, he broke the suns 10 year drought and took them to he didn't take them to like a 6th seed 5th seed no he took them to a fucking second seed right yeah. so like this is why i think This is why I think again, like, okay, but it all boils down to the same thing, bro. It's just that he doesn't score, okay? Like, he doesn't score in these volumes, which PGs do now, okay? And therefore, he's not given that same recognition, bro. That's like you can call it unfair, you can call it circumstance, okay? Which whatever you choose to call it, but that is a fact. In the end, mm-hmm. I think like, the only okay, way that can ever be remedied is like if Chris Paul goes to the finals or wins the chip. and that's the one problem like that's the one thing that saluted him his whole career and like, like i it. want the suns to somehow do it this year like if these stupid lakers didn't bloody drop the seventh seed like a sack <laughs> of stones in the river then this <laughs> paul could have Man, had like a good not, chance that's not that's not their fault you think the lakers would be a seventh seed how can maybe seventh which repeated champion is because they dropped all good. the way like a wilting flower in the autumn Motherfuckers! I don't know how they do it. LeBron, AD, and Schroeder out. Their their fourth best player was Andre Drummond, and like fucking Kyle Kuzma and all had to make some crazy plays, which he. Dude, uh, Schroeder like, is not out because 
Schroeder is not out because of some injury. He violated fucking COVID protocol. There's only one man to blame for that, which is Dennis fucking Schroeder. Who doesn't go out without a mask? Like, of course, dude. And like, I just think that like the Lakers were underwhelming in a lot of ways. And it's so sad that Chris Paul, after all this, he lifts so many teams all the way up, goes up against unfair teams. And you finally think, oh, he's come up with Booker. They have one of the best backcourts in the league. You're going to see success. Round one, repeating champions. Like, what the fuck? It's so unfair that, like, this same bad luck pursues him throughout his career. Man, and it's not like Chris bro, Paul can I be, mean, like... Lakers had better. enough chances, bro, to become the sixth seed. Like, they did. They, like, yeah. even after yeah. AD came back, they, they had won, like, two games, bro. Two games if they had won. Okay. <laughs> they would have fucking taken the sixth seed. Even if... I, I'm not sure who won the series decider between Portland and... Um, they lost to Portland. Uh, yeah. Then, yeah, they exactly. So they won two games, bro, which is not which is not like outlandish. Anthony Davis played a bunch of games after coming back where he was shit. Okay, like dude, he, he was, was shit till game two and three. At game two and three, man's decided I'm taking over. I'm the goat now. I don't know, like how can he just pull up like that, bro? It's not fair. And like Chris Paul has earned the season so hard. It's literally the most unfair thing I've ever seen. Man, it's not even like Chris Paul can be like a scrappy veteran and like show some leadership and all. Like I said earlier today, uh, the only one, like the only, in terms of flopping, the only one who CP is equal is LeBron. So like, <laughs> it's not like he can do, like, I don't know, bro. It's a bit, dude, also like when I look at the Suns-Lakers series, I see so many damn similarities between LeBron and Chris Paul in terms of like leadership and playmaking and shit. And like, I don't know, uh, it's like, it's a testament to both of them, like for being able to do this, like so far into their careers, because a lot of people say like, oh, LeBron is so great for like being able to do this, uh, like years into his career. But CP is, I think CP is older, right? Than LeBron. He's like no, 36. He's one year no, no, he's younger. He's one, younger, year younger. One, year. one year younger. I mean, also, bro, like, let's not be phased, okay? CP3 is not playing, like as good as he is, he's not playing on the same level as LeBron. Neither okay. is LeBron. Like, LeBron's not playing on no, the same but, level as but the see, see, At the same time, right, like, in his rookie season, no one expected CP3 to play the way LeBron played in his rookie season. So, correspondingly, no, when you look at it... Yeah. I agree. I, dude, I agree with your point, okay? I'm just saying, like, comparing this... Uh, comparing CP3 to LeBron might be a bit outlandish is all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I don't think we're going for that. I think it's just about, like, some players get so much credit for longevity, while some dudes, it just gets overlooked. Like, oh, CP3 and what is almost his, like, 16th year in the league is still kicking ass and nobody, like, really seems to acknowledge, like, how hard it is for a player to do that this late in his career. Like, it's really hard mm. to be the best player on your team this late in your career. Not even Dwayne Wade could do that. Right. Man, and it's important it to, like... Sorry? Sorry. I was just saying how shite it is that, like, his possibly his most healthy postseason has been with the fucking OKC Thunder. Uh... <laughs> And like yeah. with Sheikh Gilgis Alexander, and like, dude, I'd say like if 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 Chris Paul was not on that team last year, like Lou Dort may have gone undiscovered, because like that oh, man yeah. showed up, and like that's now he's getting respect. Like I think he dropped forty-two and all earlier this season, but like he, I don't know if he would have gotten the recognition and respect of Chris Paul or not. Discuss this, but one point I have to agree with what you said, which I think we've left out, is like Chris Paul's height. Chris Paul is mm-hmm. six foot nothing, which in the NBA is four foot nothing. All right, yeah. like, like at that height to not only be a floor general but to have the kind of inside scoring Chris Paul has displayed, his floater game, his shifty layups, his athletic ability—it all gets so overlooked. Just because, yeah, 
just because his brand of basketball is not what people want to recognize as greatness i think like and chris paul is like undoubtedly going to be a first ballot hall of famer and like four years after he retires which is the requirement for you to go into hall of fame he should be there that fourth year or it will be the ultimate disrespect and i think that all the things we've discussed sort of contribute to how chris paul gets overlooked due to things that aren't his fault yes i think there's a good place to wrap up i hope you guys enjoyed looking back at chris paul's career and as much as we enjoyed talking about it and uh, i think like all of us agree that he is one of the greatest point guards of our generation definitely and worthy of the name point god and yes we hope to continue the series of underappreciated veterans so if you guys have any suggestions as well please let us know in the comments thanks and please like and subscribe